Greetings and welcome to the Product Cast, aka the Prodcast. This is your window into the UK's thriving gift industry, covering everything from product design to sales, retail, and beyond. The Prodcast is brought to you by the Gift of the Year and supported by the Giftware Association. I'm your host, Alex Ryan. I'm a marketing consultant, and each week I'm going to be interviewing an expert from our colourful and creative community. This week, I am very, very pleased to welcome the founder and director of Bubblegum Stuff, Courtney Wood. Hello. Hi, Alex. How you doing? Very good, thanks. Great to see you again. Thanks for joining me today. Are you well? Yeah, very well. Thanks for having me on as well. Um, we've been uh, we've been speaking over the last few weeks before this podcast, so uh, yeah, it's good to get the invitation to uh, come and join you. Oh, it's, it's it's my pleasure. Yeah, it's been it's been good, kind of uh, learning a bit more about Bubblegum and and kind of diving into your business with you over over the last couple of weeks. And uh, now we'll we'll uh, we'll air it all air up laundry in public is that what they say is that a phrase <laughs> well it's, it's not it's not dirty laundry but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll definitely uh, get some air to it why not good stuff well the way i like to start these uh podcasts is with a a, a quick segment which i've rather poorly named quick pro go a, 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 an average pun but there it is. It is what it is. It's quick pro go. And basically 30 seconds for you to introduce yourself. And then I will, within 30 seconds, introduce uh, Bubblegum stuff to the listeners based on my research and personal knowledge. Does that sound OK to you? Yeah. Up for it. Up for the challenge. OK, sure. Sounds good. Good stuff. So, yeah, I'll do the business. You do yourself. So, so you know, don't worry too much about Bubblegum stuff. I'll give you a three, two, one. And then uh, and then okay. I'll give you the clock. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Well, my name is Courtney Wood. Um, I am the owner of Bubblegum Stuff. I'm currently 34 years old. Uh, I'm originally from Essex, but I now live in London, uh, where my company's based. Um, I started my career as a product designer, uh, and I got into the gift industry that way, working for a company called Spinning Hat. Uh, since then, I left and set up my own company back in 2012. Um, in 2016, you guys may recognize me from The Apprentice, where I came second. Wonderful stuff. That was good. Should have said runner up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Runner up sounds um, sounds better than than I came second, I guess. But you know, that, finalist. Finalist. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That was that was good. That was um, very very metered. Did you prepare that? No, just a few couple of bullet points. But I was, I think, got everything in. All the important details. Okay, good stuff. Well, I'm going to give uh, Bubblegum a go. Um, do you want to give me a three, two, one, and I'll go. Sure. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Okay. Bubblegum Stuff was founded in 2013 while you were living in Hong Kong. Your tagline is far from usual, which means basically you're making products based on pop culture trends. So things like emojis, uh, drag queens, fake news, millennials. As you said, 2016, you were on The Apprentice, which helped the, the business grow, even though you were still operating out of your uh, your mum's shed in her garden. You're now based in London, uh, in Tower Hamlets, with the second office on Hong Kong. I think you've got about 10 staff, and your most recent gift of the year success was uh, Weird Crushes in 2019. Runner-up, again. Oh, how did I do? Was that accurate? You, d- you did surprisingly well, actually. There was a couple of little things. The uh, but That's probably because I've got it wrong on the website. I actually started the business in 2012 when the Olympics was on, but I didn't actually register it until 2013. So I kind of put that as the official date, set up the business in Hong Kong, and then I moved back to England, moved back to mom and dad's and kind of, yeah, actually, it wasn't a shed. It was actually in their house. They didn't demote me to the bottom of the garden, <laughs> but then I had a bit of stock stored in the shed and the garage and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's excellent research and impressive to get that into 30 seconds. Oh, good. Well, well, I, I do my best. I do my best. So uh, 2012 
was the actual kind of beginning date of, of Bubblegum, so which means you're only kind of eight years old. Um, and it's only recently that you've actually got to the point of having permanent staff around you. Is that right? And that, that must be quite exciting, right? Yeah, it's probably the first, what, six and a half years of that was just single-handed, me on my own. I had a few interns here and there, and we obviously outsourced certain jobs, like accounting and certain design projects and stuff like that. But yeah, it's probably coming up to, yeah, 14, 15 months now where I've had full-time staff. And I didn't just start by getting one member of staff. I got three members of staff all in one in the same month. So it went from zero to three. It kind of, it really started taking off. But I'm also a very cautious person. I I didn't, I want to make sure that when I took someone on, I knew I could definitely cover their wage for a whole year. I wouldn't be letting them go. Um, so I kind of built the stage single-handedly um, where I knew I then all of a sudden had to get someone to do sales, someone to do design, mm-hmm. someone to do production. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it was a long, long time getting to the, the stage of where I deemed it a success. And there's many years of hard work, a lot of hours, very lonely, just working from home. I'm sure people are experiencing that now. Um, but I found it really tough in the early days, but I kind of was very resilient and, made sure I just knuckled down and focused on creating more product and constantly coming up with new products. And yeah, I'd say that we finally kind of get it, started getting noticed about two years ago. And that since then we've been, been doing extremely well. And do you, are you, are you kind of falling into the role of having staff and, and being a boss comfortably enough? I find it quite difficult now, actually. I've, I've actually finally just got to the stage where I don't actually do any of the day-to-day running of the business and I find it a bit scary. Like sometimes a bit of a loose part is that <laughs> it could off. I don't, I couldn't actually not turn up and it could operate without me, which is a really great feeling, but a scary feeling at the same time. Cause I'm so used to being at the center of everything that goes on. Um, but I've got a wonderful team of people around me. Um, that every single one of them is amazing. Um, and I've kind of, yeah, now I'm kind of researching new areas to push the business, how to grow the business, not not getting caught down in the day-to-day running as i say mm. um and then there to just kind of put out little fires stuff when it goes wrong trying to fix it and sort it and just kind of each day my team come to me for advice on how to do their job correctly that's great i mean i it's uh it sounds like you deserve a bit of a uh um reduced tension and stress after after having done it alone for so long so um I'm, I'm i'm pleased for you it's an exciting time and what kind of boss do you put yourself down as or what would what would they say about you maybe <laughs> yeah that's a better question to, to ask, your face it? to your face um, not behind I, your back yeah <laughs> i think they'd say that i am very much an understanding boss i i kind of i do my staff do work incredibly hard and it's it's all about work ethic for me and the thing I love most about my staff is that they all really want the business to do well. Um, and I feel like I've created that kind of culture that they have the opportunity to excel in their jobs and grow the business. And as the business grows, they will obviously get bonuses and improvements and kind of, yeah, I, I really do try to look after, after my staff as much as possible. And yeah, we've not made any redundancies. We've actually taken staff on since COVID struck. So um, the business is in a good position and they know that I've kind of, I looked at myself as kind of the captain of the ship and I like to feel like I've got a clear vision and direction of where I want to take the business. Um, and yeah, I feel like all my team are on board with that. So I, I make sure I'm very much, um, I brief the staff on or my team on what I want them to do um, and kind of try and lay down the path for them to, to follow and, 
have given the opportunity though to kind of be creative and express themselves as well because I like to well some of my stuff I, I employ them because I know that they're better at doing the job than I am so that, that, that's one of my key philosophies is, is mm. employ people that are better than you and that's a, a good philosophy I think to to live by uh we've talked about it before on the podcast about kind of plugging your own skill gaps is a is a really important thing to be able to to kind of fess up to and, and to and to achieve so yeah sounds like you've got that nailed specific goals for the business or is it just kind of crack on till you rule the high streets i wouldn't say high street domination is the kind of ambition um i've recently well over the last two years that we've seen a lot of our success in the u.s market and that's where a lot of our attention right now is being focused we're thinking of a lot of our products even when we're writing content for some of our card games um, we're thinking America first. And so that's kind of an area that we're trying to crack next is that we're, we're doing a lot at the moment with uh, fashion retailers and kind of stationery and kind of gift retailers in the US. But we kind of want to maybe move into the grocers or kind of like Walmart and Target. So uh, I'd say that's an ambition of ours. But for me... So not high street like, domination, but global domination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The bar's too low there, Alex. I want to move it up another <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I, it's a strange one, really, because people often ask me, it's like, why do I, why did I want to set up my company or why did I do bubblegum stuff? And I just want to make fun products that I like and cool product and make items that people enjoy using or playing. And it really enjoys me when people send us feedback or just for a website or just say, oh, we, we played the game. We absolutely loved it. Um, send our thanks to designers. Like, that means so much to me um and just yeah i'm just trying to build bubblegum stuff into a brand that will hopefully be one day recognizable outside of the industry um and yeah whilst doing that trying to make products that bring enjoyment to people's lives nice no it's a, it's a, what, a nice direction to have and a nice kind of um goal to have definitely now we need to uh talk about the apprentice a little bit i hope you don't mind do you mind um yeah no it's um it's one of them things it's <laughs> Not many people, it's strange, most people now don't really remember me from it. It's, um, they're showing some, they're showing some episodes at the moment now, uh, online, but unless you, unless you're a big super fan of the show, most people have forgotten about it now. Well, it was only four years ago, wasn't it? 2016. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember, remember when I did the spring fair, I think there was some buyers from Tesco's were coming on asking for photos, uh, the owner of Mankind, Paulie, came and had a photo. It was the people were queuing up. I, I did other really sales that spring <laughs> fair. Everyone was just taking selfies. Um, but yeah, no, it, it gave me a massive boost at the time. Eight million people a week were watching the show. Uh, and I managed to get to the final, which I didn't win. But in hindsight, was probably the best thing that could ever have happened to me is not having Lord Sugar reign over me, telling me what to do, taking 50% of my mm. profit. I like I ran on the show because I wanted to get investment for the business. The business, had, I was still working on my own. We were, we're doing okay. We had a few placements with paper chase and urban outfitters. Sales were okay, but it hadn't really taken off. And so I went on the show with the ambition of trying to get some exposure on bubblegum stuff and hopefully try and get investment so I could make more product. But I, I managed to do that all without Lord Sugar's money. And yeah, like I, I always got on really well with Lord Sugar. I got, all, I got all the benefits of the show, but without having to give up any equity in my business. Um, and I'm sure there's loads of people that go on Dragon's mm. Den that probably say similar things. 
Um, but I honestly wouldn't change it for the world. I really enjoyed doing it and filming it. Like it was, um, it was, I think it was eight, no, sorry, 10, it was 10 weeks, real grueling, waking up super early in the morning. Yeah. It's, it's all completely real. You only get 20 minutes to, to get ready. But yeah, I, I feel like I, I was happy with my performance on the show. I felt like I didn't come across stupid and one of the silly ones. I took it seriously, wanted to win. Mm. And I managed to get to that final, which I could showcase bubblegum stuff where I had to quit Purple Wow during the final on the BBC. Yes. Um, however, yeah, it gave me that exposure and it helped get me some meetings and it helped open some doors. And even now, if someone adds me on LinkedIn or a message of buying Adam on LinkedIn, then they'll mention me like, oh, it was you on The Apprentice. And it's kind of a, it's a nice icebreaker. Um, but it's by no means is the reason why the business is a success now. Um, that's down to hard work and good product and having a good team around me. But it definitely was super useful to me uh, and still is to 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 now, to now as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Bubblegum is clearly a, 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 a name in its own right now within the industry. And I think um, anything you can do along the way when you're when you're growing a business, then, uh, you know, is 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 worth doing something like that. But you're right. It's it's certainly not, you know, that th- those two things are, are no longer synonymous and, and hand in hand for certain. Do you do you still keep in contact with any of the other contestants at all? Yeah, the girl that, that beat me in the final, Alana, I speak to her every now and then. Um, it was mainly it was myself and it was four other girls that were in the final. So it's them that I'm probably closest to because we spent that much longer together. Apart from that... Not Karthik? Yeah, for the eyebrows, because the monobrow guy, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I don't really hang out with him too much, to be honest. Um, it's one of them things. It's, it's four years ago now, and it's very competitive there. So it's kind of hard to build a good relationship with someone because you're competing against them. Uh, on a national TV show, you know you're kind of, you're putting everything on the line, including your own reputation. So a lot of people are very close. It's kind of hard to make friends. It's only after spending a couple of months living with people um, do you really kind of get to build them bonds and become friends with them. So, yeah, it's mainly the the girls that I was in the final with. That's that's who I'm closest to and still speak to. And uh, just on a on a personal level, one thing I've always wondered about when when watching the show, because even even now it's exactly the same when 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 the person gets fired and they leave they leave by the front door in and they're always wrapped in like winter wear and then it mm-hmm. cuts to the rest of the contestants like in summer wear in a garden um just like in in blazing heat waiting to see who comes home what why do they make everyone look cold when they're fired is it just like a psychological thing i, I don't get it it's so weird First of all, I just have to remind you and the listeners that I never got fi- fired from the show because I came second. I'm in some like weird limbo. I never got <laughs> hired, but I never got fired. Um, nice. nice. The, here's some industry uh, little secrets here from the TV show. So um, before we actually go away into filming the show, we actually film the exit scene. So of what we're nowhere you're leaving that room no and then getting in the taxi with your scarf and your jacket on. They yeah we filmed that first um and then that way they i think they use a special camera oh okay and to because they've got this special camera they can only hire it for 24 hours or something like that they've got like a boom camera so we film all that scene first um and then you in the taxi after that's actually filmed like six it's filmed after you've been fired so probably like yeah six seven weeks later that's that's why there's a difference in it but i actually filmed the uh i filmed the second scene so i filmed me being fired even though i never got fired i also filmed me winning even though i never won 
So I, I had to go around in uh, Lord Sugar's Rolls Royce um, <laughs> saying how happy I was to win and that I'd been chosen because we filmed two endings. He, Lord Sugar doesn't actually make his decision until I think it was about six months after we filmed. So we filmed it in April and then it got shown in December and he makes that decision one week before airing. That is fascinating. I, I can't believe that. I'm glad I asked the question because that is exactly the kind of secrets I, I need to know about television. That's, um, that, and that'll explain the difference in weather when, at, the, at the actual end and the beginning exactly. of, of each one. Fascinating stuff. Well, look, if it's okay with you, we need to talk about the, the business in hand, um, which is, of course, Gift of the Year. I said earlier that your last accolade with Gift of the Year was Weird Crushes, and you were the runner-up for, was it the Hot Novelty category last year? Yeah, but that was that was 2019. So this year we won the same. We won a highly commended for the game Vegan Not Vegan. That was this year. Oh, congratulations. I must have missed that one. Thank you. We've won two highly commended uh, awards with Gift of the Year. Ever since I set up the business, I've entered every year. Uh, and the first or the early years, I never used to win anything. I used to think, oh, it was a fix. Um, <laughs> but we just we just didn't make good enough product. That's the problem. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, you figured that bit out. That's good. There's, some, there's, there's your first top tip to all the listeners. <laughs> Make good stuff and you'll get an award for it. So Vegan Not Vegan was 2020 highly commended. Tell us a bit more about that. So it's a simple flashcard game. Um, there's very simple rules. If you've just got on the front, you've got something like a picture of Marmite and you just got to have to guess if it's vegan or not vegan. So it's kind of a nice icebreaker dinner party game. Um, there's loads of foods in there with like Oreos. They don't contain any milk. They're completely vegan. Um, and then there's certain things that you wouldn't know or necessarily realize which are vegan or not we've got things like the five pound note in there which is not vegan well we know that now don't we because obviously yeah that all came out last year didn't make was that you guys that that broke the story i wish it was no we we brought the product (laughs) we brought the product out just after that and so we Uh... included it in so that was this that was the start of this year we uh, got highly commended for that we um yeah we're still to actually win like the grand prize of a of a category you know I'm just used to coming runner up you know that's my that's my <laughs> you set forte, the precedent. I think well what what have you entered this year what, yeah or have, have you got your entries in or or have you decided what you're putting in for this year yeah we just last week actually we took advantage of the the offer usually we only do one or two each year but we've we've entered for five this year mm. I believe there was a special offer for that we're actually only entering four products. But we're one product we're entering over two categories because we feel that it's one of our strongest items. It's a coloring book based on the TV show Tiger King, um, nice. the exotic coloring book. And we've taken we've taken twenty scenes from the iconic series during lockdown. With um, our illustrators turned them into um, some coloring in sheets. Um, there's a certificate <laughs> in there as well where you can right your age and uh how long it took you to do it um <laughs> it's a really fun product it looks great that's brilliant and um, we've got place with some big retailers and um yeah i'm really excited for that product for the for this year and and for the award in in february fantastic and how so that yeah you're right that was the beginning of lockdown wasn't it the, the tiger king how long after that were you like we're making a coloring book because that that sounds like quite a quick turnaround on that product yeah at bubblegum stuff we work super fast we're always trying to spot what the the latest trend is and how do we create a product around that we also looked at what products are people loving during lockdown and we well we we've always manufactured card games um so we've been working on products like that but we've actually got a 
a Joe Exotic puzzle that we've illustrated and put him on a puzzle, and we've done the coloring book as well. It's these are these 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 three products have been super popular over lockdown, and that's that's an area where we're looking to push the business uh, moving yeah. forward. Well, I'm I'm glad you're that versatile. You know, it's it's great to hear that you can kind of turn on a dime like that and 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 take advantage of the uh, the situation in in the best possible way. You know, um, that's brilliant. So you said four products total. What are the other three? Um, we've got one called Plant Life Support. Um, this item here is a device. It's a watering. It's practically a watering can for the next seven days for your plant when you go on holiday. So it looks like an IV bag that you'd see in the hospital. Oh, like a drip. You know, one of them little drips. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what we've done, we've, it's, it's, it's exactly the same. We've just manufactured a metal hook for, to it put on and fit inside um, a house plant. But we're, it's a real IV bag with the, the dripper and the valve. Um, and then you, know, you just plug that in, fill it <laughs> with water. And then if you go on vacation uh, or holiday, um, you'll be able to keep your plants alive. We've we've picked up on this uh, trend at the moment that people are treating their house plants like children. Um, people seem to be having children later in life these days, so people kind of want things to look after. So most people that are renters can't have uh, pets. So people house plants are a massive trend, and people are treating them like children. Um, so yeah, we want to kind of create a device so you can still fantastic. look after your your plants. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine how many i would need in my house i'm just trying to count up i i probably need to buy i probably need to open a wholesale account to get the amount of drips i'd need for my <laughs> my partner's plants i think we need, need a couple of hundred that's fantastic okay cool and then we've got some other we've got two card games that we're going to enter uh one we're going to put under hot novelty and the other one under 15 pounds one's called all the beer no idea this is a fun card game We've simplified the logos of 80 beers from around the world. You just have to guess from the simplified graphics what the beer was. We created this game during lockdown. Um, me and my friends were just always having Skype quizzes and chats, and we'd always just show our mates what kind of beer we'd do, put your finger over the logos, and kind of just from the graphics trying to see what beer you'd be drinking this week. Would it be a Star of Praven <laughs> or a Heineken or a Samuel Adams? I know um so yeah with this idea has come from that and i tested the game with my friends um or 80 cards um during lockdown during a zoom quiz with them and then we've managed to turn it around and the product's now in stock um so it's actually pers- it's personally my favorite product that awesome. i've ever created it's it's a really fun game that sounds like a lot of fun yeah and then our final game is a game called girl power our female designer uh, martha she's created this game um i'm super proud of what she's done with it it's a, it's a fun-paced card game which kind of celebrates the modern women of today. So we've picked up on the female empowerment trend and we wanted to create a product around that. But we looked at other things that are in the market and they kind of, they're always talking about suffragettes or kind of the pioneers of the movement. But we wanted to create a product that had a nod to that, but kind of celebrated modern day female icons like Serena Williams, Meghan Markle, uh, Greta Thunberg, Beyonce, kind of who are these modern female bosses that mm. women look up to? And we wanted to create a, a fun product and card game that kind of celebrated the modern women of today. Nice, nice. That sounds like uh, sounds like 
Fun, really good, and and I think uh, sounds like a winner, doesn't it? <laughs> that does sound like a winner. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as with everything you guys do, it's it's on trend, kind of uh, you know topics of the moment, and I, I love you know the things that you've, as I said, that you've kind of twisted to during during lockdown. Um, I think it's it's really really clever. And actually, I spotted, which I meant to ask you about, that not only you know yes you you know your product offering and your development you know has kind of swerved, skewed a little bit in lockdown, but also your um your kind of method of selling you've you've stepped out of your comfort zone um and and back in front of the camera i saw you on uh you're sharing these things on linkedin but uh buyer's guides are they yeah the digital buyer's guide is a, something new that we've done uh since lockdown happened and all that our trade shows got cancelled we couldn't do autumn fair top draw was cancelled and so we wanted to look at a way of how we could connect with our buyers and our retailers this year and so we just came up with the idea of let's let's film the trade show but we'll just put it on youtube and um retailers can see our product range from us explaining um to them over the video so like each product we know how to pitch it so when each time someone comes around our trade show stand we just talk through the key selling points why people like it why it does well mm. um so we decided to do that so we created a series of 10 short videos we were super keen that we wanted to make sure these videos were under two minutes because people would get bored if they're just droning on uh, we tried to have so much fun with them uh, so much fun in fact that we even ended up doing a, a uh, an 11th video a bloopers reel um which then we included a discount code fantastic well it's yeah you're, you're uh, changing the game perhaps a little bit there that's exciting stuff Well, thank you so much, Courtney, for joining us today and uh, wishing you, of course, the best of luck with your, your gift of the year entries. I can definitely see the uh, the colouring book performing well. And whether it does or not, I'm I'm going to be getting it on my Christmas list. It's it's excellent. So, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, if people want to see more of Bubblegum Stuff, then obviously they can head to bubblegumstuff.com. And you, you've mentioned your YouTube channel. Any other social media channels that you want to send people to? Yeah, um, on we're trying to push our Instagram and our LinkedIn at the moment. So yeah, it's just a bubblegum stuff. Great. A quick search or all find you, I'm sure. Well, thank you too to the listeners for joining us today. Don't forget to get your gift of the year entry submitted. If your product catches our eye, then you might just end up with me on the podcast. Uh, we've got the People's Vote for the first time this year, which is exactly as it sounds. The public will be asked to judge that category. You can campaign for your product, um, your friends and family. It's going to be some great exposure too. The closing date is the 27th of November. So head to giftoftheyear.co.uk to get your entries in. Next episode, I'm going to be talking to Joe Lockhead, who is the managing director of the Crafty Kit Company. So do join me for that. Don't forget to follow us on our social media channels. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Thank you to the Giftware Association for supporting the podcast. You can find them at ga-uk.org. And if you'd like to talk to me directly, then you can head to alexryanuk.com. Thank you again for your time, Courtney. Cheers, Alex. It's been a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. And uh, to everyone and you, have a safe and productive week. We'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye.